Hello, hello, beautiful people. How is everybody? Oh my gosh, it has been a minute since I have just been on here. It feels so, so good to be back with everybody. Um, I do have my two beagles here today. So if you hear some singing, you know, that might be them just joining in on the conversation. And um, I, yeah, I'm just so excited to be back, you guys, with this new vibe around Fill Your Cup, with all of these new beautiful um, just conversations and this beautiful consciousness we're bringing in to this space together. Um, so I have my first guest in this new space today. I have the beautiful Elsa. Queen Elsa and I met, jeez, uh, I guess it's about a month ago now, over at Bold Leap Live in San Diego. This was a weekend full of empowerment. Okay, that's Falcon. But, uh, he's, he's agreeing. He's very excited. Full of um, women's empowerment and just a beautiful space for all of us, you know, to really come together and just understand our own powers and reflect to each other how beautiful each and every one of us is so i met elsa there and she shared her story and i was like hell yes jump on this podcast we need everyone to know what's going on you know um so i'm gonna let elsa you know take over and share everything she has to say because all of this information that is about to be shared is so potent and so valuable and I had um, no idea about even half of it. So I'm very excited, you know, to keep learning more and to um, just share all this beautiful information with you guys. And before we get e even started into that, a new thing that I'm gonna be doing on Fill Your Cup, before each um, episode, I'm gonna be pulling a tarot card, you know, behind the vibe of the energy of, the of me and the other person on the other side of the conversation we're gonna have and you know what really needs to come out and so um elsa is sharing a lot of information today okay falcon i know papa um elsa is going to be sharing a lot of information today about um the woman's cycle and how we can take control of our own bodies and um how we can bring awareness around our own bodies and our own cycles and how we can really bring our own power back. And so the card that I pulled today was manipulation and it was a beautiful message um, because that's exactly what the conversation is going to, you know, empower. How can we as women and, you know, even as men take back our power, you know, release the manipulation that we're putting over ourselves, that society is putting on us um, and manipulating our energy. So yeah, that was just a beautiful card to get started with to understand what the energy is going to be about this conversation. And with me, you know, not just talking everyone's ear off anymore. Let's dive right into this beautiful conversation. And yeah, Queen Elsa, the cosmic box let's uh i'll hand it on over to you and just jam out thank you so much queen emily mm. um i'm really honored to be with you and i actually love that that card came up because there was a piece that i wasn't sure i wanted to speak to and i want to give a little bit of um background i don't know if any of the listeners have seen the movie the burning times but I haven't, so share. <laughs> oh, check it out. It was a documentary by a Canadian woman who 
looked at town records for European towns, like small towns in Europe, and um, there were literally millions of women burned for uh, being in touch with their own bodies and having their own authority over them. Uh, and usually they were older women and they were, they were literally burned so that it was a land grab. It was the beginning of capitalism and, um, they could charge the woman for being a witch. They could charge her for, uh, her arrest, her trial. They could charge her for, um, her torture. They could charge her for everything and take her lands. Mm. And the first, and quickly, the first women targeted were any women that cons were considered like wise and had the power to especially manipulate around birth because the control of women's wombs uh, meant the acquisition of more property or heirs to a family fortune or um, workers for a farm. It meant a lot of things to men. And um, it, was, it wasn't revered as sacred and it wasn't upheld um, as something to be protected by like a sacred masculine. Instead, it was considered something to take control of. And so with that, you saw a changing from the time of the wise medicine woman Mm. who would take care of the village, who would be your midwife, she would be your doctor, she was likely herbalist, she was likely um, the woman who took care of all the like family needs, like if you needed a haircut or, um, you know, just like the simplest things, mm -hmm. those women filled that spot in society. And then after they were all gone, we saw this change over to men taking over medicine and, um, Eventually, that moved towards the pharmaceutical industry, which is really unfortunate because the pharmaceutical industry has always been about profit, and it's always had this disconnection from nature and this disconnection from um, the old knowledge and the old ways of being and living in harmony with nature. Mm. So um, you can even see some of that leftover now where women, there's a really great article uh, a paper, I believe, called, I think, Nurses, Midwives, or Witches, or Witches, Midwives, Nurses. That's <laughs> great. I don't, I don't recall the order, but it talks about a great history of it. And so any readers who want, who want to check that out, you can see how women had this authoritative place in the healthcare world mm. in the old realms. And then it got relegated down to women are only fit to be man's helpers and nurses, which is really unfortunate. Of course, we're seeing like a resurgence of the divine feminine now, and women are claiming their place and reclaiming the natural practices. And, um, you know, that is us rising above the manipulation that we find ourselves in for the past several hundred years, almost mm. over a thousand, you know. Right. And I love that you shared that because I really only in the past year have become aware of how, I mean, you know, how many lifetimes we live and how one lifetime we die, we take all of that, um, really that DNA, we take a lot of that in with us into the next lifetime. So I can guarantee that you and me were there, you know, in that time, wise woman healers, and then really like shut off, taking our power away. And we take that into each lifetime with us until we can dig deeper into that root and become aware of, you know, that's even a wound that we carry 
and then mm-hmm. we can really start to break free of that manipulation. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. And now we're at this point where the women are reclaiming their voice. And so the stories need to be shared. Um, mm, yes. I'm like snapping. Yes. <laughs> express it. Like get it out. I'm um, what that brought up. Just like even hearing that, like I felt this like fire in my stomach. Like, you know, we want to get it out. We have to talk about it. We have to spread this word because it's me awakening this year to it. And then when we can spread it, you know, it's the next one woman we can awaken. It's the next person we can awaken. And once that happens, that collective energy of breaking free of that manipulation. Oh my God. So powerful. And, you know, I think this is a perfect kind of segue into what we're going to talk about today and how you, um, you know, your story or whatever you are going to provide with us and how we can, as women, take power over our bodies again and release that manipulation. Um, So yeah, I think that if you're ready, we can dive right into that. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to share my story. Ready to start. So I guess I'll I'll, uh, tie it up a little bit. So I found myself in this paradigm where I believed everything that you read online about um, ovulation and fertility. And I thought it was really well educated in that realm because I would seek out my own information and... um, you know, I was taught that we have a cycle and that in the middle of our cycle, we have a hormonal change that causes an ovulation to occur. And then that's the time that you're fertile and you're fertile for a couple days around it. And I was taught that sperm can live for seven days and, um, that, and that, you know, an egg is viable for about 24 hours, maybe a little bit longer in some cases. Um, and I believed that was the way it was. And I believed that if I took charge of my fertility and practiced awareness of my, my um, cycle, I would never get pregnant. Unfortunately, in 2013, um, I was practicing that awareness and I had unprotected sex during my period and I got pregnant. I didn't know that was possible. I got pregnant on the second day of my period and um, at the time, it felt like the greatest failure of my adult life. Mm. Um, and then, you know, it subsequently comes with a lot of like guilt and shame and um, a lot of stigma and then a really difficult choice. No woman ever wants to have to make the choice of um, do I keep this or not? And for me, the right answer was to not keep the child. Mm. I had broken two vertebrae a few months before that, my L1 and my L2. There was no way my body was going to heal properly and carry a baby. I was in a relationship that was falling apart right about the time that like, he literally broke up with me the day before I had my, my spotting that signaled to me that I was um, it during implantation spotting. And then I didn't get my period the day after that. And it didn't come the day after that. And it didn't come the day after that. And I took tests and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm pregnant for sure. Mm. And so um, that was a really difficult time because uh, I wasn't ready to be a single mother and I needed to heal my body. And that man wanted nothing to do with having a child. So that decision I made was the right one for me. And I don't regret it. 
um, it was definitely still one of the most challenging times of my entire life. Yeah. I thought breaking my back was the most challenging time. Right. Then add in a non-planned pregnancy and abortion. <laughs> right. But in retrospect, um, this is the gold that has has been given to me for my spirit to alchemize and to help realize that um, this message can save other women from suffering in that way. Like other women do not need to suffer. Um, so to get into the real gold of the message, I had a dear sister friend uh, send me some information um, just an article she found online that was by a shamanic midwife in Australia that mentioned um, something called lunar ovulation, which is a second ovulation that happens every single month for women. And um, it is not in tune with our hormonal cycles. It has to do with our um, the moon phase that we were born under coming up again in the lunar cycle. So for example, I was born at the balsamic moon, which means I will always ovulate at the balsamic moon, whether I am in the beginning of my cycle hormonally, the middle of my cycle hormonally, the end of my cycle, it doesn't matter. I will always have an ovulation when the moon phase returns to the phase that it was in that I was born. Oh my God, that's intense. That, that's for everybody. That is for everybody. Wow. And that, that explains a lot of things. Um, so I want to add another piece before I go into some of the stuff that it explains. Um, so I also have been an astrologer for almost two decades. And um, I've had a long, long uh, list of clients that have also uh, come to me since then. And we've worked with this information and looked at their their conception dates and anytime a woman could validate her conception date and pinpoint it and we looked and more often than not it was con it was connected to the lunar ovulation and not the um the mid-cycle ovulation so in the medical world this translates to doctors just labeling it an unexplained pregnancy and going we don't know oh this happens like and then they sometimes perpetuate this myth that you can get pregnant at any point in your cycle, but that's actually not true. It's just that they have no concept of how to track the, um, the second ovulation. To them, it would seem probably super foreign that women would have an ovulation that's connected to the one that they were born under. Um, so there's, uh, there is like, there's a lot of things that this kind of like ties into that helps to make sense. Like for instance, fraternal twins means that there were two separate eggs that got fertilized um, versus identical twins where you have one egg and then it's split into two. So that explains how that can happen in one cycle. Um, it explains why the current unplanned pregnancy rate in the United States is 45%. Mm. Um, that kind of sounds like one out of two ovulations, doesn't oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Right? That's according to Guttmacher Institute pregnancy fact sheet. And I think that um, that statistic is a few years old, but... Um, oh, my God, a few years old. Can you imagine now? 
<laughs> I did a little research and it stay it stays pretty consistent wow. around around close to like half of between 40 and 50% of all pregnancies are on plan, which means that they were not intentional. Um, and uh, I came across some um, information about a Canadian study mm. on uh, fertility that was able to uh, observe two waves of follicular development in the women that they were studying, which means that there was two eggs being produced per cycle in those women. Wow. Um, they, uh, they said that um, they weren't able to get the eggs because it would have to be to like actually observe the eggs being dropped because it would be pretty invasive to do that since they're so microscopic. Mm. Um, but the fact that there's two follicular waves of development really does cue you off to like, hey, there's things going on here that are not part of our normal cultural narrative around um, fertility. Mm-hmm. And then here's the big kicker. So how <laughs> <And> my mouth <laughs> is like wide open. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, wow. So where this information comes from, here's the biggest kicker of it all, is this was discovered in 1959. It was discovered by a man named Dr. Eugene Jonas. He was a gynecologist who was helping women try to improve um, family planning as a form of birth control because the the majority of the population of the women that he was working with were Catholic and they don't use birth control. So they were trying to figure out how to better understand and uh, use the rhythm method, which um, anyone who's using the rhythm method, they will tell you like, this doesn't always work. Oh, it's a, you know, just another blessing. (laughs) In reality, they're just not aware of the whole, all the facts around um, fertility and ovulation. Right. Um, So it was discovered in 1959. He was a gynecologist, but he was also an astrologer and he was able to look at the charts of all the women that he was working with. And he noticed that they were actually more likely to conceive um, during their lunar ovulation than they were to conceive during their mid-cycle ovulation. And he had a really high success rate with his, um, with his patients um, in fulfilling their intentions, whether they wanted to get pregnant or wanted to um, refrain from having any more children. Maybe they already had enough um, or whatever the case was for each individual. So, um, yeah, that's, that's 60 years ago. This information was discovered 60 years ago. And because the current state of, um, women's reproductive care and knowledge is still being manipulated greatly by the, we'll call them the, the powers that be. Um, the powers that are uh, slowly unraveling. <laughs> the powers that want to be. I literally listened to uh, Abraham Hicks thing this morning, and it was like, the powers that be, those are like the powers that want to be. Like, they are literally, like, we're taking their power away little by little, and, like, they just want to be. And those are the people that have been manipulating us for, like, the past 60 years, but plus that, you know, like, on top of that. 
Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. You want to talk about manipulation? Let's talk about the current state <laughs> of birth control for a minute. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's. Oh my gosh. Um, I, you know, women's side effects around birth control, there's a list a mile long and this is okay. No, this is not okay. Um, you know, individually, it affects our hormonal cycles so much that it lowers our sex drive. It can cause depression, anxiety. It can cause um, cramping. It can cause polycystic ovarian syndrome. It can cause growth of fibroids in the uterus. It can cause growth of fibroids in the breast. It can cause and contribute to um, liver damage by putting extra hormones into your body. It can, it can damage your digestive system by putting a pharmaceutical pill in your body every day. Um, or even if you're bypassing the pill and you're using a hormonal based birth control, you can still damage other organs in your body. Um, and even if you're using non-hormonal birth control, um, the, the other problem is that all of these, all of these um, supposedly safe and effective methods of birth control are actually failing women at alarming rates. I met a woman at Bold Leap Live who, when I shared my story with her, she told me that she had five children and that when she got pregnant with three of them, she was on birth control. Uh, my best friend has four kids. Um, she's been pregnant six times. Um, three of those times she was on birth control. I can confirm it might actually be four. I should go back and ask her for the fact, but I can confirm for sure three of those times she was on birth control. Um, and she was doing the, the hormonal IUD. Um, wow. uh, so, you know, that's not supposed to happen. That's supposed to be according to the study that was published in a New York times article about how likely your birth control will fail you. It shows interactive graphs. And um, you can see that like over a decade of time, the failure rates for birth control go up to alarming numbers. When you go to the doctor and you get prescribed um, a birth control, you're given statistics usually around, um, we're just gonna say like 97%, for example, is the effective rate or 99% is the effective rate. Now that is manipulation because that is a fact that is based mm. on your study. That's manipulation of information. So if you were to follow those women, follow people using these methods over 10 years, the number goes up like crazy. Mm. The number goes up more when you consider that a woman spends about 30 years trying not to get pregnant if she's sexually active, even if she has children. Say you have your two or three kids, you're still going to spend the majority of three decades trying not to get pregnant. So those facts are manipulation and they're not effective. They're not safe. That, that idea that is told to you in every doctor's office is um, manipulation as well. Birth control. If you look it up on Web, WebMD, it'll say safe and effective. It'll say, we don't know the cause of polycystic ovarian syndrome. We don't know the cause of all these like problems that women are having with their uteruses or with their, um, their bodies like we actually do we know yeah. that pharmaceutical birth control is not healthy for us women will testify over and over again um, their experiences are negative and so we're being sold this lie and this manipulation but we also feel 
backed into a corner where we don't have a choice mm -hmm. if we, we want to abstain from having children and we want to have that inner authority and control over our life which we absolutely should um then we feel like we don't have a choice mm, thank you so much for sharing that that is so powerful because i mean it takes me right back to like what i mean like senior year of high school i'm like starting to like you know fool around do the things and like okay well condoms like i know those could like break so i'm just gonna go on birth control i'm just gonna do it like i'm just gonna go get the pill i'm just gonna go to planned parenthood i don't have to tell my parents you know i can just like sneak by and that was that was like a lot of that wasn't just me it was a lot of my friends and that's what we were doing and me knowing too. yeah and like pumping all of that into my system for like five plus years but like also so screwing with even those pills and like screwing my hormones on that level i remember going off like i didn't get my period for like six months probably like more than that and i never had a consistent cycle ever like for the entire time, you know, I was on the pill. And then even after again, like six months until I actually became aware of, you know, what was going on in my energy and what was going on inside and what I had to, um, when I started to release the manipulation of, okay, well, this isn't the only way, you know, that I can take care of myself. This isn't the only way I can be smart about not getting pregnant. Like maybe I just don't have like freaking sex. And like, maybe I actually like, you know, at, at least that's where my awareness was. And then I got deeper into like, okay, well, here's, you know, the phases of your cycle. And now understanding like, holy shit, we have two ovulations. Like, you know, so thank you, like, for sharing that, because I know um, I'm the oldest of four, so if any of them can listen to this and, like, you know, hear this out, um, and anyone, not just them, but, you know, anyone, they're going to value so much from this, so, um, yeah, thank you. Mm, you're welcome. I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very happy to share, because, um, women deserve to know this women have every right to have this information be front page news honestly yeah and, and no sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go for it um and it's just not i was just gonna say and it's just not even though it could be i mean over the years for the last five years i occasionally will do a search on second ovulation or lunar ovulation and um up until about two years ago, I could only find like two articles about it and one originated from the UK and one was that original article from Australia. And now I'm starting to notice a few pop-up articles here and there, but this is never big news and it ought to be. Mm. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's a paradigm changer once you start to realize this and I can confirm in my own life, um, like, I don't know how many women out there pay attention to their, um, their fluids that are coming out of their vagina and notice that during your ovulation, you get that sticky, thicker, kind of tacky, maybe even a little bit like, um, instead of clear, like maybe even a little bit like more slightly milky colored fluid. Well, um, so I've been paying attention to this monthly for the last 
five years, like I said, and I noticed that my ovulation fluid will change with my lunar ovulation. And I noticed that if I am on my period, I will get a mix of ovulation fluid at the same time as my lunar ovulation. If those coincide, um, I will get a, a like mixture of ovulation fluid and blood while it's happening. Um, wow. And my cycle has moved around a little bit over the years. So like I, I pay very close attention to it. Um, I've had some really weird things going on. Uh, the, like I've had like 33 day and then a 24 day and then a 31 day and then now a 25 day. And I actually just got my period like today. Five oh, uh, days. <laughs> so on point with this conversation. <laughs> right. And, um, and the full moon is coming up yeah. uh, very shortly in three days. So I feel like it's really a beautiful and perfect time in my life to get vocal and get this story out and start spreading the word. Um, I, it's, it's my personal mission. I would like to speak and share and educate women about this because um, the more that they can have personal authority and personal awareness, the better off everyone's going to be. Mm, that's what I was gonna say earlier just like thank you so much for being so courageous and like stepping into the space and you know like sharing what well, probably one of your most vulnerable things like not you're gonna like go up and tell people on the street corner you know and um Shout yeah. my portion by the yeah. way out your portion if you haven't they're they're doing good work like that too and they gave me a lot of courage to get ready to talk about having an abortion because that was like the skeleton in my closet yes. for the longest time why I didn't share my story around second ovulation sooner yeah and like I mean I've never experienced anything of that magnitude you know but I've in the past I think even at Boldly Blive there was a woman that got up and shared something about you know her going through that and her carrying that shame for so many years and when we carry that shame we literally make ourselves sick we mm -hmm. literally create so much imbalance in our vibrational just like frequencies that even if you feel like there's you know like you're doing all of the things and you're like on track like something deep down is still digging at you and there's something deep down that's like causing this misalignment that you're just confused about but until you like really and like no matter how scary or how shamed or how guilt or how anything you feel for a second drop that you know whatever it is an abortion if it's you know cheating if it's um you yourself maybe just not following through on something like whatever that shame is you know dig into that a little face it off and start to show it love, start to show it that love. Cause look what you did. Like you started to come face to face with that shame, come face to face with all of the emotions that were around it. And like you said, are alchemizing it into love and to your power to share this message with like whoever is here to listen to receive it because I'm telling you like I've been receiving this entire us going back and forth not just on this conversation but since boldly live and I know that even other women around in that space were receiving and like so many people are going to receive from this conversation so 
oh, this is just like you. Thank you so much for just like being brave enough to step in and own it and love it and alchemize. I'm like going to cry. <laughs> really, because you're giving that's whoever's listening like that is your power whatever you feel like is that thing that you're just holding back that you're really scared you know you're really scared to even look at face to face or tell anyone else about dig a little deeper into that like that's your medicine that's where your medicine lies um so yeah thank you so much um Ooh. Fully receiving your, your gratitude um, and honoring it. And I want to thank you so much for allowing me the space to share the story. And I also want to say that one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite people, Brene Brown, says that shame is a master emotion. And I feel like uh, the shame that our society has orchestrated around abortion and unplanned pregnancy is another form of manipulation of women. Mm. and um releasing that is really important now women women actually need um like post-abortion care once the once you are in a state of pregnancy you go through the horm the whole hormonal journey of the pregnancy whether you carry the baby to term or not wow because we have such a stigma socially around abortion uh we don't allow our women to space to process, space to share their story, space to um, let go of that shame, space to, like, they shouldn't have to carry it in the first place. The shame is sort of put on us from society, and mm-hmm. that's unnecessary. Um, but, you know, abortion is like a phase two problem. And if we as women address phase one of the problem, which is being fully aware of both of our ovulations, then we won't have to deal with phase two. Mm. Um, But my heart goes out to any woman who's ever had to deal with phase two because it's not easy. It is a a journey where you feel isolated. You don't even want to share with your closest friends. In my own experience, I had a, a few friends that I shared with and, you know, I could only, I felt that it was inappropriate for me to put my shame and sadness on them around it, like by bringing it up, I'm not putting it on them, but like by bringing it up, bringing it to them, um, like more than once or twice, like, okay, we talked about this, like, even though for months it was uh, a challenge and it was like a dark cloud over me for a really long time. And I just want to give the gift of not having to deal with that to other women um, and raise the awareness because, you know, what the statistics right now are that one in four women have abortions. And I think there is a lot of cultural belief, especially like if you're younger or you're maybe just not um, paying attention to this kind of thing, you might believe, or especially if you're a man, like you might believe that abortions are something that only happen to women that are loose or um, reckless or, um, you know, like whatever other weird, uh, weird beliefs people might have around um, how abortion is just something that only happens to like a few people and it's really bad. And, you know, that the busting those stigmas will help release women from shame. Um, Mm. So that work needs to be done. Uh, because 
every woman deserves to thrive in her life and every woman deserves to have control over her womb and her creative force and her individual abilities to create life. And on, on the flip side, um, forcing women to have children when the, their heart's not into it isn't good for anybody. It ultimately uh, can create adverse childhood experiences and the more adverse childhood experiences, they're called ACEs um, in like psychology, uh, the more adverse child ex childhood experiences um, that occur in early life, whether that be through um, some of the deepest, darkest, like uh, physical abuse or through emotional abuse, verbal abuse, or just through uh, neglect, which is a form of silent abuse that doesn't leave any bruises or evidence, but leaves mm. deep emotional scars. Those types of things lead to um, addiction. They lead to depression. They lead to anxiety. They lead to low self-worth. They lead to low self-esteem. They lead to all of the problems that can happen with uh, uh, adults. And then all those problems um, just perpetuate into society. So I really believe and I hope to help create a world where birth um, is intentional where raising children is conscious and um, every child feels wanted and loved. Because if a child is born into a family where the parents are ambivalent and maybe they're doing it because they feel like they have to, they're probably might, the prop, it's really high likelihood that the child can sense that they weren't wanted in some form or that they might feel like they're a burden or maybe their parents Maybe they can sense a little bit of resentment, even if it's not voiced. But that is just not what we need in a world that is um, <laughs> overflowing with humans. Mm. And, um, you know, it's a root cause. Like having, not having, not really wanting your child is a root cause to that child's adult problems. So looking at the big picture, it only makes sense for um, us to procreate when that is exactly what we want mm, and that's like anything with life exactly what we want when we want it we don't have to settle for less and that's you know what I my environment even you know my parents all well-intentioned but like you said so many humans right in our environment that's what we're just like being thrown at every single day is um how can you know, I control you, really. How can I control you? How can I love that we pulled that card? How can I manipulate <laughs> you? Um, and it is so empowering to start to understand that you have you have your own power. Like I've been really digging into this concept of like we have I have my human self, like this Emily on the outside, my human meat skin, and then on the inside. <laughs> I have this um, inner being, this vibrational, energetic being who is pure, who is full of light. And honestly, I've given her another name because I've really had to decipher the two. And so I call her Heather and I'm like, yo, what's up, girl? What's up, Heather? Like, how are you today? And like really have to connect with that. And um, 
once on the inside, my Heather, like that girl, you know, she's always feeling good. So bringing the outside of that Emily to that alignment and like, you know, whatever your environment is throwing at you, shit, all of the time, it's always going to be throwing stuff at you. But if you can find, take back your power, realize what that power, that inner being of you like holds, because Heather, like, Heather and Emily, when they work together, holy shit, worlds are moved, right? But when Heather is like, yes, let's go. And then Emily, my human side, is like, but my environment, but I'm reacting to this, but this, but this, but this. Like, there's so much misalignment. And that's when the manipulation happens. And then I start to manipulate my inner being because I'm like, but the world is telling me this. Um, so yeah, that just went like on such a source tangent there. But um, <laughs> yeah, just understanding like, really getting quiet enough um, past everything that's happening outside of you and listening on the inside. Like, what is that power? What does that feel like? What does that sound like? What does that, you know, taste like? What does that look like? Get, Mm -hmm. get that, get clear on that so that you can understand when you're becoming manipulated. So you can understand when all of this is happening because when I got birth control the first time I had, I did not, manipulation did not even come into my mind. Holy moly. When I was going to school, manipulation never came through my mind. When I'm going, you know, in line, listening to all of these things and people, manipulation never came past my mind. But until I really started to take my power back and understand like, whoa, this is bullshit. Like, (laughs) like quiet all of that down. So, um, so yeah, just releasing the manipulation so you can get even more clear, even quieter and listen to what that inner being wants, wants you to act from who she wants you to be, who he wants you to be. Um, so yeah. Mm, that's powerful and that's that's the place where we make our best decisions is when we're in touch with our inner being Mm. we're really listening to that and shedding the ego and shedding the shoulds and shedding the stories and the manipulation from the outside yeah and can you kind of talk about because um I know in the beginning and I mean we've talked about it but you kind of mentioned just coming back into touch with your body as a woman and like you know what that even means because I again a few months ago really even a few months ago was like yeah I'm in touch with my body I got it I got it but until I started to connect with both hearts my heart and my womb and I really started to listen to what she had to say. Like, and now I understand, you know, what feeling, what being in my body means. Um, so can you kind of speak on that? Okay, yeah, um, that's fun. So a couple things come up for me and one of them I'm gonna pull from um, something I heard at um, Bold Leaf Live that I had never heard before. And it was, um, a definition of relationship as being sacred, devotional, mutual manipulation. Mm. And I loved that because it, first of all, it flipped my perspective of manipulation a little bit. And second of all, I feel like in relationship with my body, that is the way I would describe it. Sacred, devotional, mutual manipulation. Mm. My body and I work together and, um, coming in coming back to my full cycle was like returning home when about 10 years ago because I was on birth control I did the pill I did neuvering um I think there was another one in between there with a different name 
I don't remember. There were a couple types, but ultimately um, I had tried, I was on birth control for about 10 years. Mm. And um, I finally was just like, this is making me crazy. And I was starting to see stuff in the news that said that, you know, it was lowering my sex drive and it was likely contributing to um, acne and just a lot of things that were up for me. Um, so I said, no more, I'm going to be done with this. I'm going to get into relationship with my body and, um, I'm going to educate myself about, um, uh, everything that has to do with my hormones and my cycle and how I'm going to, um, manage my own fertility. So there were a couple of unexpected things that happened. One was that my cycle got really healthy. Like we have this really weird cultural manipulation going on um, that's really well um, explained for a different culture. I don't know if you've seen the documentary called Period, but it's about how um, it's about the state of periods for women in India, which mm. is, I highly recommend you check it out. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll be able to pick out that some of the same themes we have in our culture are that periods are bad. They're like a woman's problem. They're a nuisance. They're, they're like, you know, so annoying. They cause all these, just like the stories we tell and the things that circulate around our head become our beliefs and are in part of our relationship with our body too. Mm -hmm. So what I noticed is that first of all, my period, when I, when I went off birth control, my period got really healthy. It stopped being like really dark, really brown, clotty blood mm -hmm. and started being really vibrant, flowing red blood. And that is what it should be like. Mm. Um, it took a while of clearing out birth control out of my system before that happened, but it normalized like that. My cramps actually went down. My, um, my mood went up, especially during my period and for the first two weeks of my cycle, instead of having like a kind of a dull baseline where I'm like, eh, I kind of feel the same all the time. And it's like acceptable, but not really great. I would get this great high in the beginning of my cycle as, as I build up towards my hormonal ovulation. And I would have all this extra energy. And I noticed that um, I also had this time where I was like more creative and more intuitive um, during my during my ovulation and during my my period like I was more creative in my body and more um, in touch with my sex drive during my during my ovulation I was more sensual and I could feel like different um, different facets of like my sexuality coming out, which was really mm. powerful in my relationships with my lovers or my boyfriends. Um, and then also I could feel different parts of my intuition coming up and being really strong during my period. Mm -hmm. I never felt that during my times when I was on birth control. Um, and my perspective really flipped from that cultural norm that we've been manipulated to believe that periods are problems and you know the answer is to just make it go away that's more manipulation that's not the answer the answer is to honor it lean into it get in tune with it create like sacred mutual devotional relationship with it and and go one step further by like 
doing things such as eating to balance your hormones. You can do seed cycling. You can uh, take um, fish oil or evening primrose oil, like um, seed cycling. If you're not familiar with it, the way it works is that for the first two weeks of your cycle, uh, you take fish oil and um, flax oil or, or, or flax seed and, or pumpkin seeds to help promote the uh, hormonal balance that you want. And then after your ovulation or the second part of your cycle, you switch to evening primrose oil, sesame oil, and sunflower seed oil. Or you mm-hmm. can use, um, instead of the oils, actually the seeds are what is recommended. Um, but those things, you know, if I, in a pinch, you could use the oils. Because what you're trying to get out of the seed is the beneficial oils, because that's mm. what helps your body um, process hormones appropriately and help sync you up. Now, when I started doing that, um, by recommendation from my naturopath, I noticed that the pain in my breasts went down. I have um, fibroid, uh, fibroid-like growths in my breast. Um, which I noticed are incredibly easy to manage if I keep my body free of the excess toxins like alcohol, sugar, um, fried foods, uh, any meat that has hormones or uh, any vegetables that have uh, pesticides. If I keep those things to a really um, like low level and I do my seed cycling, I don't have issues with... Uh, pain in my breasts I notice the fibroid size shrinks like I can physically feel the difference mm. and I notice that um, I don't necessarily have uh, cramps um, like PMS type symptoms as much I still get my regular um, you know there's that one I don't know if this is the same way for you Emily mm. but like for me I'll, I notice I'll have one or two days before my period where I'll be more emotional and like maybe like the slightest thing will make me cry. Um, but that's a signal to me that my body is going through a hormonal, ch- hormonal change and I'm about to get my period. Um, and then this is really interesting. Something I learned from, what is his name? Eckhart Tolle, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so something I learned from one of his books is that uh, women's emotional pain body is goes through um, that, that one or two days where you're more emotional before your cycle, your pain body is speaking up. It wants to be heard. It wants to release. That's the time that I now do like somatic um, exercises to move and release my emotions. Mm. I tap into uh, my journaling even more. I go into my inner world. Um, that's, a, that's a signal for me. Like, okay, it's time for me to um, give myself self-care and fill up my own cup. Mm, yes, that's, I, uh, I love that you shared that because that's definitely been life-changing for me too, to understand kind of how my energy is around each week of, you know, the cycle and we are cyclical. So it's, you know, on a monthly thing. And so if you can really pinpoint how you're feeling one week which is you know more energetic or more creative and then you can give yourself the break to actually like listen to what's going on you're not going to miss the messages that are coming through you're not going to miss the shit that you actually need to listen to um 
yeah. And like the emotional, I definitely, oh my God, I'm so emotional. Um, definitely the days before my period. And I would always like really beat myself up for it. Like, why am I feeling like this? Oh my God, I feel so shitty. And just like really perpetuating all of the negative and like really spinning deeper into that. So that when my period actually came the most like intuitive time I'm realizing, you know, of my month and where all of these such like potent information is like really being shared with me. Um, I was totally not listening. I was totally not open to receiving any of it because I was spinning in like the emotions of the days before and not realizing like, oh, well, you know, it's actually my emotional body is, is speaking to me. It's time to clear some stuff out. It's time to, you know, become really aware and listen to what resistance is really coming up. And yeah, if you can also like imagine, um, I'm sure you know this, but like anyone listening, like your bleed, you're literally releasing, you're literally bleeding, you're literally letting shit out of your system. And if you can think about it on a full cycle, like what have you come face to face with that month, you know, that cycle that, you know, good things, you know, keep going with them, bad things, like, you don't have to keep going with that shit, this is the time to release it, and yes, and if we can go month to month like that, instead of fucking, like, a year, and like, oh my god, how did all of these things happen, how did I get to this place, you know, and try to overwhelm ourselves, releasing all of it at once, like, no, we get to do this week by week, day by day, but like, month by month, um, so yeah, so important to become aware of, um, the energy. I'm like, I love hacking energy any way I can. Like, oh, how does this affect you? You know, is this going to, you know, make us better? Is this going to, um, make things easier? Because shit, once you start to follow that, you literally flow with your flow. You don't, you don't go against anything. You literally flow with life. You're working with the cycle. You are not spinning against the cycle. You're working with it. Um, so yeah, yes. Mm, that's beautiful. I love the way you just uh, summed that up. Mm. So true. Yeah, yes. And you know, one thing we are kind of getting close to time here. So I have one more question and then like my last question and we'll give people all of the places where they can come find you and love on you. Um, but one thing I kind of want to ask about is the switching of your cycle because I recently literally boldly live was the full moon right and I was like okay I'm supposed to get my period I know I'm getting my period on the full moon I know this happens for me and then but like the month before it had switched from the new moon to the full moon I'm like what the mm -hmm. fuck this doesn't make sense and then um and then it didn't come it didn't come the full moon. I'm like, but I'm ready to release all of this, but I'm really ready. Like, it's really like, I thought, you know, like boldly live, what a great space to like really come to terms with all this shit and then release it. But then source had a whole nother plan for me. I ended up going to Creatures matrix the weekend after. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like totally like that Monday after decide it was craziness. Like that's a whole nother episode. Um, but I ended up bleeding that weekend and I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Like, this is like actual, like me coming even deeper into, you know, coming face to face with a bunch of ego shit, a bunch of just like things that I've been operating out of for 20 plus years. And so then my moon came that weekend and I was like, oh, take it, let it go, let it go, let it go. And it was just so beautiful. 
And so I guess my question, like that whole story is, um, you know, kind of what does it even mean to sync with a new moon or a full moon or what is, you know, what does it mean to change like your cycle from a new moon to a full moon? You know what I mean? Like, Oh girl, (laughs) got a couple of, couple of things I've learned over the years around that. Number one, I love that you brought up, um, that Bolt Leap Live was shifting it for you because being around a lot of other women will shift your cycle. Mm. You get a new roommate that you're around a lot can shift your cycle. You go spend a weekend, three, what was that? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You maybe even did Thursday. I don't know. But go spend three days with 150 women in a room all day. It will shift your cycle. Um, your stress level can shift your cycle, your diet. If it goes through drastic changes, if you're like used to a pretty healthy diet and then you just let it slide, that can shift your cycle. Um, drugs prescription or otherwise can shift your cycle. Um, your body may also sometimes just naturally want to shift. Like if you spend a bunch of time camping outside and you're actually sleeping underneath the moonlight, your body might want to shift so that you are in sync with nature so that you bleed at the full moon and you um and you ovulate during the new moon because that's the the way that it is told um that that is the way that that by oral tradition um that that is the way it was for women who lived outside before Mm. we're underneath roofs before we were exposed to artificial light before we were exposed to so much artificial um, input from our environments um, before we were exposed to hormones in our meat. Um, And now I have to just mention this, even though it's not really related to your question. um, Another problem with birth control is that we are contaminating the uh, water supply. We are putting so much artificial hormone into our water supply that amphibians and fish are sexing at higher rates than they should as female and we're affecting ourselves. So even if you're not on birth control, your water supply, unless it's coming from a spring somewhere, got some birth control in it. It's also got other pharmaceutical drugs. So there's like, you know, manipulation that even if you're not taking it, you're getting that from the outside. So I hope that answers your question and gives you a, a, a just a second thing yeah. to talk around. <laughs> um, yeah, holy hell. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so, yeah, that's so answered my question. And that's craziness that how like deep, deeper we're being manipulated, like literally the water we drink. Um, yeah. Wow. And you know, you guys, I'm going to have Queen Elsa back. Um, she's an astrology um, goddess. And so we're definitely going to have her back to talk all things astrology. So I love that we kind of ended with that. That was a good little taste of like, moon the moon because <laughs> astrology is much further than just the moon your horoscope and all of that and so I'm excited to have her back on to share with you guys um but yeah and you know the last question we'll wrap things up with um that I ask everybody and even though the show's kind of changed I'm gonna still stick with it is what is your favorite way to fill up your cup Ooh, okay um that changes all the time for me but um well one thing that's consistent is being creative the energy of um making something 
at, at where you're just in that like childlike wonder and your inner child gets to play because mm. I don't know about you but my inner child gets grumpy if it doesn't have any time to play and I just feel like I'm working all the time like in in hours like I have to play <laughs> yeah like like yesterday I was like I should probably be doing something productive, but I need to move some creative energy. I have to create something. And it filled up my cup so much. Mm. Um, And then the second way is I've been taking, well, I've had a long practice with this, but I recently took a psychic meditation course to um, see what else I could learn. Uh, For me, it's a type, types of meditation where you um, envision yourself connecting to the earth energy and connecting to the sky energy and you find clear neutral energies from each of those and you run them through your body and it's Mm. very simple it's something you can do in a few minutes i can physically feel the sensations of it charging my body and clearing out um any old and stagnant energies um and like you could probably look it up um some people call it running earth and sky energies some people call it running earth and cosmic energies but essentially it's like psychic meditation of running your energies and it is healing it is um it feels blissful it feels incredible and anybody can access it with the willingness to to mm. to do it and if, you're, if you say i'm willing to let this happen and work for me it'll happen and it'll work for you and it raises your vibration and it's a great way to fill up your cup Oh my God, I'm going to go do this right after we hang up. Oh my God, that sounds so beautiful. I'm like, I was closing my eyes and already feeling it and I'm just like inside. So I'm super excited to try that out. Yeah, yeah, really juicy. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, And you know, where can people find you? I will link everything in the show notes, but where can people... uh, where can people go find you and just learn more about you and about how freaking important secular second ovulation is and like just all of the value that you're sharing and you're giving to this world because it is necessary. It is powerful. Um, So yeah, where can we find you? Okay. So um, if you're specifically interested in lunar ovulation, you can go to my website, uh, lunarov.com. That's lunar, L-U-N-A-R-O-V.com. And as of today's date, if you're interested in connecting with me about astrology or um, fertility education around the moon or co-creating some fun uh, fun projects or anything else, um, people can email me at natural.astrologist at gmail.com. And as of today's date, 10, 10, 19, I am um, rebuilding my website uh, and the address will be www.cosmicfox.co. That's cosmicfox.co with a C-O. Um, think of it like co as in uh, good company or collaboration or uh you know, anything else that co could be co-creation. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of a tricky one. It's not com, it's co. Um, and hopefully within a few weeks, everything should be up on the website and uh, you can find more information about um, astrology and about my offerings and about what I hope to share with the world 
in uh, various messages that I find inspiring or needed. Mm, yes, thank you so much, sister. And I will definitely, again, link all of those in the show notes for you guys. So um, you can just click on over and it'll be easy for you. So yes, thank you again, Elsa, for coming on today, for being so courageous to step into this space and share your story, because I know that you have absolutely changed my perspective, my, my views, and you know, just the way I even act on a lot of things. And I know that you are going to um, do that for so many of my listeners as well. So yes, thank you so, so much, Queen. Mm, thank you Emily oh my gosh you and all your glory and power I really I can just see and feel you and all your strength and thank you so much for creating this container and allowing me to help bring some shadow to light mm, thank you and you guys one thing before I like pop off like <laughs> I uh I never knew sisterhood before I attended Boldly Live, and you know that's the week and I met Elsa and so many other beautiful radiant women but I mean you guys can tell like when you find true sisterhood and when you try to find like you know you, you see each other for where you are at and you accept each other no judgment none of that no shame nothing at all like that energy is so powerful like I literally met Elsa I think a month ago and feel like I've known you forever so seriously thank you so much Sisterhood is how women are going to take over the world for the better. <laughs> Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, uh, yeah, we'll definitely get back on. I'm sure that people are going to love this conversation, and I can't wait to talk more things with you. And, uh, yeah, we just keep being in this space. Mm, thank you so much, Emily. Yes.